Come as you are. Fostering diversity. Inclusivity. Share your culture. Diversity and empathy. Spread positivity. Inspiring stories. Discovering cultures. Positive energy. Empathy and inclusivity. Cultural awareness. Spread kindness. You are listening to Tell Your Own Story Radio. My name is Robin Canine and welcome to Tell Your Own Story Radio. We are delighted to be bringing you an hour of an exciting programme featuring people from different cultures as well as international music. But before we start with today's show, just a bit about the Tell Your Own Story project. Tell Your Own Story is a media campaign that aims to promote and talk about the rich interculturality and diversity of our city. We see every day how much more diverse our city is, but not everyone may have personal relationships with international people living in Limerick. So our aim is to bring slices of this diversity into your home. Some people may be fearful of foreign cultures, but this is mainly because they don't know enough or have experiences or personal relationships with people from different cultures. Also, a lot of what we hear and read about different cultures in the media tends to focus on cultural differences and to put distance between cultures, even create and reinforce stereotypes. We believe that there are actually so many things that we share with people from different backgrounds, and we work to highlight the things that we share. Our international team write, interview and talk about their own stories, experiences and emotions that all of our listeners will be able to relate to such as enjoying food, the power of music, culture and films, and everyday life and celebrations. So we really hope you enjoy today's show and we start with Food and Culture, where TYOS member Mufida chats to Elizabeth from Ireland about her experience with Algerian food. Hi, this is Mufida Ben Musa. Welcome to Tell Your Own Story podcast. Today we will be talking about the connection between food, cultures and societies. And to help us with this, we have brought a special guest, Elizabeth O'Callaghan, to discuss her experience with Algerian food. Welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you very much. So, Elizabeth, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. And um, thank you for the time here today um, in interviewing me. I work in the Bernal Institute in the DPTC, Dairy Processing Technology Centre of Excellence, and collaborate with industry. I'm an Irish Colleen. It's Gaelic for girl, and I'm from Cork in Southern Ireland. I was born and reared on a dairy farm next to the iconic Blarney Stone, and I'm currently completing my PhD. Nice. Tell us, how did you come in contact with the Algerian group? Okay, I came in contact with them in the milk market in Limerick City uh, at a friendship club. Oh, would you like to tell us how was your experience with Algerian food? My first experience came in when they invited me, two lovely girls from the Algerian group, to their home for dinner. And it was just a wonderful dinner. Um, the starter was spring rolls that were meticulously made with a few ingredients inside and um, cooked in the oven uh, with lemon and served with lemon over it. Then there was Couscous made to perfection and served with salad, uh, which included egg, 
uh, tomatoes. If I remember, there were um, avocado, there was lettuce, there was capers and uh, olives and cucumber. And there was a beautiful sauce served up with roast chicken as well and carrots. It was beautiful. That sounds really nice. So what was your favourite part of the meal, Elizabeth? I have to say the favourite part of the meal was the spring rolls. Because I asked them what was in it. What, what did they make? What was it made of? And they told me it was made of potato and cheese. And uh, I remember onion as well. And what I really liked about it was you could have the... Um, the dough part in the freezer and take it out and leave it thaw and just make them as as required so so they told me they just had some cheese and potatoes left over from the night before and they wrapped that in the dough and put it into the oven for a few minutes and it tasted just delicious my favorite part of the meal i will never forget the hospitality and this favorite part of the meal for me Interesting. So, how did this meal shape your perception of the Algerian cuisine? Well, I'll tell you very clearly now. It met my need. I was very curious about Algerian food. And what was it made of? And what was a typical traditional meal? And my need, as I say, and taste was satisfied at that point and especially the beautiful sauce as well which we dipped the spring rolls into and the hospitality that i experienced was second to none it was fantastic and they served um a kind of a like orange stroke melon drink as well which really complemented the meal it sounds that you experienced and tasted a lot of the of the Algerian and traditional Algerian dishes. Mm -hmm. So, how did how did, um what type of Algerian food would you like maybe to experiment with the next time? Mm, that's a great question. Um, I would really like to experience lamb because lamb. Uh, we have lamb here in Ireland and it's our delicacy, okay, and tradition to eat it at Easter time. But in engaging with the girls from Algeria, they told me that there's a specific ritual in terms of their values um, and their culture that the lamb is killed a certain way. So I would love to experience the lamb uh, done this way in terms of being engaged and aligned with their culture and so I really look forward to having the lamb the next time. I'm sure it'll be uh, the same standards if not higher than the chicken that I had which was yum. Oh that's nice. Having been introduced to new Algerian ingredients and dishes would you incorporate them in your diet? Yes, I would. Um, during the meal, I experienced um, different 
herbs that they used and some spices that were put in the chicken. And after we had herbal teas and um, I was exposed to beautiful uh, types of thyme tea and um, herbal tea. Uh, if I remember the name, it was called Verbino and thyme. And uh, yes, yeah. it was beautiful. And a certain grain of green tea as well from their home country. And actually, one of the Algerian girls is currently at home on vacation and study in Algeria. And she's bringing some back with her. So it's a native of Algeria. So I really look forward to experiencing this when she comes back. Oh, that's really nice. Thank you very much, Elizabeth, for participating in this podcast. It was a pleasure gaining insight from you, from you about our Algerian culture. Thank you so much for inviting me and my pleasure. And I look forward to um, meeting you in the future again soon. Thank you. Thank you too. Bye bye.
And that was Si La Vie, an international song by the Algerian singer Sheb Khaled. Thanks again to Elizabeth O'Callaghan for sharing her experience with us about Algerian students and Algerian food. Up next, we have Sophie Fundung, a German musician and student at UL. I chat to Sophie about her experience learning Irish traditional music. So I'm Sophie from Germany. I'm an Erasmus student studying journalism here at the University of Limerick. And I love music. I've been playing the violin for many years, but I didn't really know anything about traditional Irish music before I arrived here. Excellent. That's so great. So um, how were you first introduced to Irish music then when you came here? So in our orientation week, um, the module coordinator of a module called Irish Music and Dance introduced the module and the Irish World Academy and I thought that would be a great opportunity for me to get to know Irish culture a bit better and in the module we also have the opportunity to learn an instrument that is used in traditional Irish music and everybody was really supportive. I was also able to borrow a violin from the academy because I didn't bring my own and yeah, so I now have the opportunity to learn fiddle tunes with a great teacher, Eileen O'Brien. Um, she's um, a very impressive musician, also from a well-known family of musicians. And I feel very honored to be able to learn from her. That is great. That sounds like you've had a really good experience. And how has learning the fiddle impacted um, your your I suppose learning and awareness of Irish culture like it has definitely helped to approach Irish culture in a more informed way because um, when I go to the pub for example and I hear Irish music I can now tell what kind of music that is and I am very interested in observing fiddle players when I see them and see their style of playing and sometimes I can tell which tune it is which definitely makes the experience better. Yeah, great. So um, learning the Irish fiddle then, how has that impacted um, your, your, I suppose, learning of vi classical violin? Has it helped or... It definitely helped in one regard because I would say the main difference between classical music which I'm used to and traditional Irish music is that Irish music is more improvised and is usually learned by ear instead of using written music like sheet music and in my fiddle class my teacher plays the tune and then uh, like very slowly note by note and I try to imitate her and then we also record it on my phone so I can go back to it at home and practice it and I'm not really used to learning anything by heart on the violin so that was a challenge and still is but mm. um, I think it helped a lot because I'm, I don't have to rely so much mm. on the sheet music anymore. I think there's a certain freedom Yes. in that um, you might have observed some um, you know some bands where it's a fiddle player and a tumissal, a flute etc and they look so free because they're not held down by the, the sheet music but um, if we go back how did you actually 
become interested in classical violin in the first place? I just learned the violin because all my older siblings also learned the violin and it was a great fit I'd say. I just enjoyed making music and it was a very liberating feeling and kind of a good outlet like opposite to studying mm -hmm. and I still really enjoy making classical music as well and I also joined the UL orchestra so I'm having a bit of both. Okay, that's, it really sounds like you're having a great experience here. Um, do you see yourself continuing fiddle at home in Germany? I would definitely love to. I also have a friend who makes her own music and she's also interested in Irish music so I might do something with her. Um, and so far I've only practicing tunes by myself but I would love to do something with other musicians, um, maybe um, yeah, make music in a session one day when I'm yeah. good enough. <laughs> yeah, great, because you know when you go abroad and you hear the music, the traditional music from your home, <laughs> it's you know there's definitely a, a great source of positivity associated with that, like mm -hmm. you know. Um, Great, so um, I believe you're going to play us something, a tune yes. that you've learned. Yes. We would love that. So um, I'll let you prepare and we can't wait to hear it. Okay, I'll just tune. Mm -hmm. So will you tell us the name of this tune? Yes, so that jig is called Morrison's Jig. It was one of the first ones I learned in fiddle class and I've been learning the fiddle for four weeks now, so it's not that advanced, but it's fun to try. Great. We look forward to it whenever you're ready. <laughs> Is amazing you. only four weeks is that yes. what you said that's great so my final question for you is um if you had a favorite tune that you learned so far or even a tune you would like to learn what would that be well i love uh, the one that i just played morrison's jig and the one that i recently learned um it's called tripping up the stairs and i re also really love that one and right now i'm kind of learning how to um, attach different jigs or reels mm. together mm. so that I can have a set of them and like tran tran make transitions from one oh, to the other. Great. And is there a particular, um, is there a particular style you prefer? For example, jig, reel, hornpipe. Do you like? Do you prefer? 
any in particular? I don't really have any preferences so right. far, but maybe my taste will develop yeah. when I learn more. <laughs> That's great. Sophie, thank you so much um, for chatting to us today. It has been so great to learn from another perspective. I've never spoken to anybody outside of Ireland that has done this, um, and it's absolutely great. And I wish you the best of luck with your fiddle learning. Thank you so much. Thank you. Before all I heard was silence A rhapsody for you and me And every melody is timeless Life was stringing me along Then you came and you cut me loose Was solo singing on my own Now I can't find a key without you And now your song is on I'm sorry if it's
So that was Symphony by Clean Bandit featuring Zara Larson. And next up, in Your Culture in Films, we talk about the successful but also hotly debated TV show, Emily in Paris. Emily Cooper. Bonjour. Bonjour. I got a feeling I'm in trouble when I look at you. Uh, I'm Emily. You're a new neighbor? Enchanté. Because once I do it, yeah, I know I'll never get enough. So, you've come to teach the French some American tricks? Never get enough. Notice this is a very dysfunctional workplace. I think you're the one bringing the drama. Emily in Paris is a Netflix show that aired its first season in October 2020. Emily, the protagonist, is an American who moves to Paris to work in a marketing firm and bring an American perspective. The show plays with stereotypes of some of the cultures represented in it. We have invited four people to discuss these stereotypes and other aspects of the French and American culture. Here with us today are Ava and Kevin from France, Taylor from America and Liam, who is Irish and a lecturer in French. Welcome everybody and thanks so much for joining this debate. Merci. In the show, characters represent a specific group of people. Um, let's start with the main character, Emily. So uh, she's American and works in a marketing firm in Paris. So Taylor, one for you. As an American, how do you think Americans are represented through Emily? I think... Um they were represented well. I remember in the first episode when um, she first arrives, they're obviously taken aback that she doesn't know French, the language, and I think that just speaks for um, our ignorance as Americans. If we start with Emily's um, French boss, Sylvie, um, she is the head of the marketing firm, married uh, with a man who lives far away from her, and she has an affair with one of the clients. So. What do our French participants think of this character? Is she a typical French middle-aged femme fatale? What do you think? Actually, I she's probably the French I would uh, I would like uh, like her that I would like. No, she's probably the person I would like French to be. Actually, at her age, and she's boss. She's yeah. boss, and she um, she means business, and she is incredibly cynical, and uh, she's quite one of those Epicurean, and uh, and yeah, she's boss. I, I quite like, I love the character anyway. Yeah. Okay. So is is she an accurate portrayal of um, of French of her category? Um, in some respects, I suppose. Yeah, in some respects, um, in terms of how. Uh, yeah, her cynicism, I would say, maybe, yeah. yes, mm -hmm. definitely. Is cheating in France as normal as it is depicted in the show? No, no, definitely not. Oh, no. It's not a big deal, like in the US. I mean, some couples can still be together after um, an affair. But, I mean, it's not that uh, common, like... Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't disagree more with this. Really? Um, no, it's not. It's not socially uh, accepted to actually admit it. But actually, adultery is left, right, and center. I mean, not even just in France, but actually, really is. As a matter of fact, actually, I remember watching a documentary. Now, having lived in France for 14 years, but actually, um, uh, hotels by the hour are actually extremely popular in Paris and beyond. You know, so adultery is a thing in France. Uh, we won't. We won't admit it. But I, I would say, yeah. But I mean, you, I'm cynical about relationships oh, anyway. But yeah, French yeah. people cheat more than European in general. I have no data. What do you think, Liam? <laughs> <laughs> As a linguist, you see, I can only cite like a language that has an expression of le five o'clock, five o'clock. It's an older expression that dates back to the previous century, like myself, and uh, <laughs> and it's the five o'clock. Go and see the mistress after work there, and then in a in a hotel room. Yeah, I presume like you know, you even got an expression for it. 
and yet you deny these facts. So you kind of agree with me on this? Point. Totally agree, yeah. <laughs> you know, do you feel that your cultures in general are, are well represented by that film, generally speaking? <laughs> Not really, but I mean, it's a TV show. Mm. It, it can't be. I'm from... Um, are, are, they, are they well represented or are they represented well? You know, they're there. All those elements yeah. are there. There's, there's no, there's no lies in it. Like you know, no, there's a, no, there's, there's ex exaggerations. So represent the, um, the daily life, even the, the culture of a certain class of the mm. population. I mean, Camille has a um, castle, and her family is selling uh, champagne. Champagne. So, champagne. Champagne. Sorry, champagne. <laughs> in the movie. I mean, this is not the life of everyone that lives in Paris. Not can, not everyone can do that or can afford the luxury of not taking the subway every morning. To be honest, if it's what people um, think of, of France and French people, I'm actually kind of proud, to be honest, because I, I mean, no, I mean, honestly, you know, it looks absolutely stunning. Um, the, uh, the characters look stunning as well, you know, they're really good looking. And uh, they, the, the cuisine, uh, Gabrielle's cuisine, looks absolutely delicious um, and actually quite, um, quite um, on vogue as well, you know, yeah. it's kind of like trendy kind of food, you know, it's not like boring kind of traditional kind of French food, with a bit of finger food and, mm. you know, so um, I'm actually quite proud as a French yeah. man to watch that show. So you yeah. think that it might actually attract people? Yes, yeah. I would Rather say than so. yeah. the I, I, I want yeah. to live in Paris after that. I'm from outside yeah. Paris. Like, Same. In, in that version of Paris. Yeah, that version that of Paris. Version. And those jobs. Yes. <laughs> without, without the RER yeah. -E trains and commuting and all yeah. that, you know. Yeah. People. And, and yeah. people everywhere. Yeah. yeah. You know how to do that? Please tell us. There must be a zombie apocalypse going on just before. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this. And like rooftop parties and things. Oh my God. <laughs> I, want, I want it all. Let's have a little dinner party in the street. You could. Yeah, I know. In the what? <laughs> Yeah. I know. Shocking stuff. I was going to say the conversation makes me think of how diverse the states are because I feel like Emily was a millennial um, marketing, not necessarily like corporate business, um, the financial that you would think of New York to be. But um, then I think of like the Midwest where there's more farmers and then you have California, you know, like I just feel like the United States with um, the states like they're they're just all different from each other like east coast versus west coast versus the midwest mm -hmm. um so i don't know that you can truly like portray. summarize america yeah or portray them yeah. because it is so diverse and you have old money new money then you have you know the the poverty like there's just so many aspects of american culture um and i think that's why we have such a diverse array of films mm -hmm. and series because you're capturing those parts of america um because it is so different depending yeah. on age and yeah, occupation. But French, peop we French people... We have it too, but yeah. outside of Paris. Yeah. You have yeah. to go to all the city, to the <clears throat> south, to the mountains. We have beach, we have our farmers. We have a lot of diverse yeah. places, but you have to go there. But yeah. isn't it interesting... But France now? is better than the US, okay? <laughs> 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 but it, I, I just think it's so interesting that... Um, like, how do they decide yeah. what to stereotype for Paris? Or yeah. how do different countries get their stereotype? Like, which one becomes prominent? I actually now? think that actually both stereotypes fit their, uh, um, their, their, the audience. Uh, mm -hmm. Because French people know Americans through New York, Miami, uh, Los Angeles. And mm -hmm. uh, you guys know uh, France through Paris and that version of Paris. Mm -hmm. So actually, I think there is a bit of for everyone in the audience there, right? Yeah. Um, would you not say so? Absolutely. No? Yeah. Yeah.
So everyone, this was an extremely interesting discussion. Yeah, not long <laughs> enough, you. actually. Not long enough. <laughs> and thank you so much. I feel like we could speak about this for for Hours. much Hours. longer. Yeah. yeah. But just thank you so much for your time, your views, and Hugely the discussion. Yeah. And this was another episode of Your Culture in Films. And thank you so much for listening. Merci. Elle habite à Paris depuis moins de trois mois, mais elle a déjà tout le mode d'emploi. Elle emploie tout plein de mots que je connais pas, roule en Vespa. Ses amis ont des prénoms étranges, Béné, Alix, FX et Lisange. C'est ça, c'est pas leur prénom, non, qui me dérange, ni leur frange. Elle me dit tout le temps qu'il faut qu'on se capte et qu'on brunche ensemble un de ces quatre. Qu'on se marque une expo au 104, Larry Clark. Pourquoi pas Mais pas demain car madame est surbookée Toujours bloquée sur son Macbook Quand elle me dit qu'on peut se croiser Sur Facebook, c'est le bouquet Elle habite Paris Elle a des converses blanches Je comprends plus ce qu'elle dit Elle habite Paris pour que rien ne change Elle habite Paris Elle a des converses blanches je comprends plus ce qu'elle dit Elle habite Paris pour que rien ne change Elle habite Paris, c'est pas que je critique C'est si différent, passer le périphérique C'est plus les mêmes musiques, les mêmes tuniques Sa mère, ses potes et ses votes catholiques Je la vois moins souvent parce que madame, oui Part à la mer pour Pâques Ses amis ont des grandes baraques Saint-Briac, connais pas Moi ma ganache tapache chez mon accent je sais, ça fait sourire ses amis bien pensants Et pourtant, je l'attends souvent dans le vent J'aimerais qu'elle redevienne un peu comme avant Les ailes sont dérives, c'est Thomas Bio et son iPhone Son terrier de Boston, moi la pluie me bastonne Pendant que je galère des heures à l'interphone Mais y'a personne Elle habite Paris Elle a des converses blanches Je comprends plus ce qu'elle dit elle habite Paris pour plus que rien ne change Elle habite Paris Elle a des converses blanches Je comprends plus ce qu'elle dit Elle habite Paris pour plus que rien ne change Madame est chic Apéro paré au bord de Seine Madame se complique La vie à être une bohème Madame est chic Américaine apparaît à H&M c'est une hippie chic Mais elle est où, la dame que j'aime Elle habite Paris Elle a des converses blanches Je comprends rien de ce qu'elle dit Elle habite Paris pourvu que rien ne change Elle habite Paris Elle a des converses blanches Je comprends plus ce qu'elle dit Elle habite Paris pourvu que rien ne change Et moi je traîne toi de scène Mais elle est où la dame que j'aime Je comprends plus ce qu'elle dit Elle habite Paris pour le cœur Qu'elle ne change We hope you enjoyed the Your Culture in Films debate and that last song was La Parisienne by Christophe Maï. Our thanks go to TYOS members Anita and Marta for their great efforts in coordinating this and a special thanks to Liam, Kevin, 
Taylor and Ava, for sharing with us their perceptions of the French and American cultures as represented in Emily in Paris. We now move on to the topic of celebration, where TYOS member Asma and myself, Robin, asked the Pink Ladies at the Plaza Cafe in the University of Limerick about how they celebrate their birthdays and their favourite gift they have received. Okay, so can you introduce yourself to us? Hello, I'm Mary and I'm from Tipperary. Tipperary, great. Mary, can you tell us how do you celebrate your birthday? Well, as I got older, it's quite quiet, but I think my best birthday was when I was 21. 21. Yeah, yeah that's a big birthday, okay? Well, for me, it's a big birthday, so we're celebrating that. I had a party, and I also had a mini party, so for that, it was like major, a massive, 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 I'm sorry now, piss up. <laughs> So what I did was have several little drinks, Black Russians, you probably don't even know what it is, Fat Frogs, you probably don't even know what it is. Um, I also had some Bacardi Breezers and I also had Smirnoff Ice and I put several straws into them all and I connected them all up, put tape around them and I drank it. Well, that sounds like a great night. Oh my God, it was. So why was your 21st important for you? Um... I think when I was 21, it was like, okay, because I was 17, I was quite young when I left secondary school, so I was 17 and I was doing different college courses, and when I got to 21, it was like, okay, Mary, you're 21, I wanted to build a house, so I said, if you want to build a house, you have to have a bit of sense, so that's why I went completely all out for my 21st, and after that, then I just behaved myself. So you got it all out of your Basically, yes. So, is there any particular present or a gift that stands out to you from your life, maybe when you were younger or even when, when I you think were older than my you 21st is what my family done. They actually put like a photo of us as all. We're very bad. My family is very bad for getting everybody together as photos. So for me, when I was 21, they actually gave me a big photo, like a big frame. And then there was like pictures of everybody. And then I was like just in the middle of it. So for me, that was lovely. It was very, very nice. So that way I always have just just my family because it's very hard to get us all together and yeah so that was very very nice for me money or ornaments or anything like that no but it was that just that little personal touch do you still have it oh god yes <laughs> i do yeah i actually have it in the attic believe it or not and every so often i bring out i love looking at photos there's nothing like photos photos so every so often i bring it out and i have all my 21st smell all my photos that sounds lovely. Thanks so much, Mary. No problem at all. Thank, Thank you. you. Could you introduce yourself? Okay, my name is Tandiwe Violet Makubela, and I'm from South Africa. Okay, mm, I will talk about the 21st, like when you're turning 21. Actually, um, in South Africa, if you are turning 21, we celebrate that, oh, like, um, you, you are a grown woman. Uh, so many, especially ladies, if you turn 21, and you don't actually have a, a child at that time you have succeeded 
you have succeeded. If you turn 21 and you are given a key, there is a key that like you will find it in in shops for 21. It's a it's a big key. So in South Africa when you are 21 without a child, it's a big thing. So mine <laughs> I actually had my baby when I was 18. <laughs> so, uh, mine, I won't say it was celebrated. My mom actually forgot about it. And she actually bought me a banana. She was like, okay, here is the baby and here is a banana. So I was like... <laughs> so, that I once, re once received? Gift, yeah, in your birthdays, one of them. Mm. Like a special gift you remember today. Uh, but I, I say, I'll say uh, the last pass, um, last 21, 20, 2021. Yeah. yeah, okay, because I, I've been here for two years. So this, I'll say special, this ladies where I'm staying, I'm staying in Limerick, so they, they woke up, did a big um, uh, breakfast in bed, and got flowers, That's so, nice. yeah. So I, I, I was, I would say, yeah, it's a gift, yeah, a gift, it's a gift, I won't say that it's a special. You know, it's the thought that somebody woke up yeah. or, and went and go, yes, yeah, that's a, that's a gift for me. Thank you so much. Thank <laughs> you so much for your time. Okay, then, thank you. <laughs> so could you just introduce yourself to us, please? Um, my name is Siobhan Kerr. Lovely. Thanks, yeah. Siobhan. So how do you celebrate your birthday? I usually go away for a weekend with the girls. Lovely. I usually go to a spa or a hotel. Really nice. Yeah. Lovely. And is there any particular birthday that stands out to you? My um, thirtieth. I went to um, Hayfield Manor in Cork. It's a five-star hotel in Cork. Nice. It's lovely. Yeah. So you like the the time away? Yeah. The breaks yeah. away. Yeah. The weekends and away. Lovely. Yeah. And is there any particular gift that you received over the years that's special for you or? Um, for my twenty-first, I got a gold watch from my parents. Yeah. Do you still have it? I do. Yeah. Oh, do you still wear it? Uh, sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, lovely. What yeah. a lovely memory. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that it came from your parents does that make it extra special here? Yeah, because my dad is um, has died since, and it's just nice to have something. Yeah, that's yeah. really nice. Lovely. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hello. Could Hi. you Introduce yourself, please. Right. I'm Marion. I work in the plaza in UL and we're known as the Pink Ladies. Hi, nice to meet you. So, how do you celebrate your birthday? As little as possible. Would you believe it? Yeah. So you're like me? Yes, yeah. yeah. Nice and quiet, don't tell anybody, just get it over with and move on to the next day. All right. <laughs> um, is there a particular birthday that stands out for you? Um, about three years ago, I was going into town with my son, he plays Pokemon, and I just put on my jeans, jumper, no makeup, hair tied up, runners, and my husband said, we're just taking a quick detour first, and I said, okay. So he drove all the way to Adair, drove into the carriage house, 
to fancy breakfast and never told me. I was mortified. Walking in, you can imagine now, it's all nice and fancy and really beautiful and you just walk in and you just feel terrible in. Yeah, so he got a grilling from me and told him, never do it again. We'll do it again, but tell me so that I can get dressed up for it. But it was lovely. It was really nice. And it was a lovely surprise and he did a beautiful thing. But I just got such a fright when he drove in and I was there. Look at me. I can't go in. Look at the state of me. Look at me. I've no makeup. Yeah, that was, and he just, he was there and he laughing his head off. And my son in the back and he laughing his head off. And uh, yeah, but it was a beautiful breakfast. Beautiful place to go. Would highly recommend it. But just tell the person first. Give them a little bit of a heads up. So, so is that a funny story or a particular gift that you received? I think for my 21st, we had, um, instead of having a disco, we had a dance because I was big into Irish dancing, set dancing and Kayleys and all that kind of stuff. And we had it and we had a load of neighbours and a load of friends and all the dancers were at it as well. But the nicest part of the night was when it was the first dance of the night I got up dancing with my grandfather. So, Yeah. 
So that was Dynamite by BTS and that's it from us. Thank you for staying with us for the hour and for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show and please contact us if you would like to join our team or talk to us at tyosproject at gmail.com. Please also be sure to follow us on social media. We are at tyos underscore project on Twitter and Instagram and tyos project on Facebook. Come as you are. Fostering diversity. Inclusivity. Share your culture. Diversity and empathy. Spread positivity. Inspiring stories. Discovering cultures. Positive energy. Empathy and inclusivity. Cultural awareness. Spread kindness. You are listening to Tell Your Own Story Radio.